I'm Sarah Lovestout, and this is Influenced Equity. I will be joined by guests from a wide range of industries who all have the commonality that there's no perfect linear line to success or life. Together, we're gonna figure out what works for you, for what defines success along your journey. Bloomberg Magazine named this next guest game-changing influencer back in 2017. Wesley Armstrong is a trailblazing talent, director, actor, and producer with over a decade of film and entertainment experience, bridging the gap between traditional and digital media. Let's welcome Wes, the OG of OG influencers. I mean, I'm sorry, Wes Good. Welcome and thank you for coming on Influence to Equity. Thank you for having me. So I want to start off by asking you, like, what does it feel like for you to know that you were an influencer before it was even a thing? I feel like we were just having this conversation earlier today at, at workout uh, of people referring to you, to you as an OG. I don't feel like I'm an OG yet. You know, yet. I feel no, I feel like I'm still learning. It's amazing to see just how history repeats itself. You know, like you see that on TikTok all day. Like, wow, I created things like that five years ago. Am I... Am I old? <laughs> you know, I think what keeps us young is staying in tune with that. You know, staying in tune with what the younger generation is doing and what they think is cool. I think that it's a, we should stay in a state of constantly uh, reinventing ourselves. You look at Diddy, you look at Snoop. They've been adults since I was a kid. Right. So, but they're still cool, you know? So. so let me ask you this. You were on YouTube when YouTube was a dating site, and sh which most people don't even know. Did I don't you know even that? Know, no. Are you serious? No. Oh, YouTube was for dating, baby. We were out here swiping left and swiping right on what? YouTube. It was. Wait, so were you like looking for dates on YouTube? Um, I was not. I was like five. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe like twelve. But YouTube was a dating app. It shifts over to being a creator platform. Um, they realized that more and more people were creating content to talk to their friends and kind of what Instagram ended up becoming eventually with video. What was that like? And how have you been able to sustain so much creativity for this long? I'll be honest. I was a, I was a MySpace boy. Oh, watch out now. Don't date uh, us. <laughs> uh, no, but I was on MySpace, Facebook, and YouTube creating content simultaneously. And the first video I did, you know, did like 100,000 views. And I was serious? hooked. Yeah, I was hooked. And I would create content that nobody would ever watch after that. Mm. Um, but I was just into it. And um, from there, one of my, I guess, engineers, because I, I got the name What's Good on the radio. And uh, when the engineers was like, yo, I see you're making videos. You should check out this school in Florida to full sale. And I was like, what is that? And so it was a filmmaking school. And so when I finally got there, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Uh, I'm going to come here to be an editor. And uh, I saw how much work that was. And I was like, you know, uh, I'm not going to be an editor. Uh, so I got into photography. My my photography professor was like, yo, if you can understand 24 frames, you have to understand a single frame first. Because, you know, just being a little nerd for a sec, there's 24 pictures for one second of film. So I had to get one frame down. So I took pictures of everything. So I'm there in film and I'm taking pictures of all the recording artists. These guys are engineers and you know, eventually they're going to become music artists, some of them. Uh, and that ended up opening up a lot of doors. So I started taking photos of like Pitbull. I started working with Atlantic Records and Def Jam doing album covers for B.O.B. and Flowrider. 
And so I was like, oh, wow, I, I really like this. And then I got into music videos, so I started traveling the country doing music videos. You know, at a certain point with like things like that, I feel like you always have to recognize when you hit like that glass ceiling. Photography was one of them for me. I was like, you know what? I don't really want to do this that much anymore. So I need to figure out something else. And I kind of had this plan of like working really hard from behind the camera to get in front. I always, you know, I liked making videos, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. And, um, you know, sometimes you get trapped in an area where you're like really good. So music videos, I became really good at photography. I became really good at. And um, I moved out here to L.A. And that's a crazy story within itself. It's crazy. How'd you find the balls to even do it? Because that's a lot as a creator. My neighbor was like, I'm moving to L.A. on Monday. Do you want to go? Are you serious? Yeah. And you just went? Yeah, I had 20 bucks. And I was like, let's go. Are you crazy? I am. <laughs> it takes a little I crazy am. not to do what we do. I am. And uh, we came out here and I was couch surfing for like six months yeah. and trying to figure it out. I would, I kind of make, I would make a game on, you know, YouTube and, and MySpace. I would spend the day emailing everyone the few videos that I had. I would tweet so much I'd go to Twitter jail. Like I'd hit everyone up like, yo, new visual heat, <laughs> check this out. And I had like maybe, you know two or three videos that I was really proud of. But I started working with uh, Suzanne DePass, who found Michael Jackson, and the comedian Alex Thomas. They liked the videos I did out there, and they flew me out one way. And uh, I stayed on another friend's couch, just hustling. But um, that's how I ended up staying here in LA. That's wild. So then how did you decide you were going to go from behind the camera to in front of the camera and realize, oh, this ish is going to work? Being a creator and entrepreneur is a lot of shooting in the dark, you know? So I was working for Buna Murray at the time, producing YouTube content. So at the time, YouTube was on the rise. If you don't know anything about Buna Murray, they'd produce like Kardashians and Real World. But I'm in the digital department creating content over there for a YouTube channel. And so I'm meeting all the top creators in YouTube. So 2006 to like 2012, YouTube was really booming. And this app called Vine came out. So mm. I started just a small filming. App. Yeah, it's just a small app. Who knows? I know. Who we, Vine nobody is. knows what it is. <laughs> so I started filming uh, my friends' Vines. They were big YouTubers. And I saw them filming their Vines. They're like, yo, Wes, you're funny. You should do Vine too. I'm like, I'm not about to make six second videos, bro. I'm trying to direct movies and television. Oh, you have big dreams. You know, I have big dreams. And then in a month, they started getting like a million followers. And I was like, I'm about to start creating Vines. Just kidding. It's going to be my new expertise. Yeah. So, um, I created Vines for like two years and they would call them well-edited deletes. Like meaning that they looked good because I came from the traditional side of things, but they weren't funny. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't get it. You know, like my comedy's a bit different because of how I grew up. I grew up in Japan. So I grew up in a melting pot of all these different cultures, you know? So coming to the States was a culture shock in itself for me. So trying to find my funny was was difficult because I thought I had to be funny like everyone else. I had to create content like everyone else. So when I finally just was like, you know what, forget it. I make content this way and I'm this type of person and just really being honest with myself of who I am, that's when things started taking off on social media for me. So what was the transition then that taught you from creating the content from a small screen to transition to big name roles as a director, an actor, and a producer, because that's one heck of a leap. Social media has been a great training ground 
for us. I'll tell you, you know, just to fast forward a little bit, you know, I signed with Tool North America to direct commercials. I think the first commercial they gave me was Allstate commercials, and I had to do three of them in a day. And the AD um, and the rest of the team were kind of just like, hey, we're going to have another director here to have your back in case you get into a pickle. And the AD was kind of like, yo, I don't know if we can do these all in a day. You know, typically on the commercials, they take, you know, a week to do a 30-second commercial or, you know, a few days. And I had to do three in a day. And I was just like, no, we'll be good, you know, because what Vine and these apps taught me was to shoot for the edit. If you're going down to shoot a six-second video, you know, it's 0.6 seconds or 0.8 seconds for this frame. You don't need much to, to digest what's happening in the frame. So shooting for the edit was a big thing, and I just knew exactly what I needed to do. So after I did that, they signed me, and they're prepping me to do Super Bowl commercials now. Light flex. <laughs> that that <laughs> Light just flex. startled me a little bit. It made my heart uh, kind of palpitate. <laughs> what do you find is the difference between influencers and content creators today versus when you started making content on YouTube? Because it's changed a lot for me in seven years. What does that look like for you over the course of your career? I think content creators should always look at these platforms as a stepping stone. I think there's a difference between being an influencer and being influential. Hmm. Come on, you preach. Know? So I think if you want to be influential, be true to who you are. If you want to be an influencer, then just create whatever it is that you want to do for the day. You know, what Vine taught me is, you know, these apps aren't forever. So spread out your content across all. Remember when I talked to the phone? We I was like, where's this going to go? You're like, everywhere. Everywhere. I was like, I like that. <laughs> everywhere. One of the things that we were talking about earlier that I would love to touch on, um, because I really think it's important. The reason why I started Influence to Equity I have an autistic son and God and I were having a conversation and I'm like, hey, listen, I need you to do something with this. It's not a why me moment. It was a, I'm cool with it. I accept it. I receive it. But what do you want me to do with it? And my son is nonverbal. I remember hearing God's voice so loud and being like, well, he doesn't have a voice, but you do. What are you going to do with it? And that's why I love when you said there's a difference between influence and being influential. Um, I never imagined shy, quiet me. You would never know I existed ends up being a creator, doing a podcast, influence can take you places that you just never imagined. But I wish I would have had someone like you and the group of friends and your, you know, the, the group of you that, that built all of the things you guys have done on Vine, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, where you guys just blew up all at once. The fact that you were able to realize quickly that you could gain equity. For me, it came off as a joke because I knew a company couldn't afford to pay me and I asked them, hey, but if you give me equity in your company, I'd be willing to do the work. And they said, actually, we would be willing to consider it. I didn't know that existed. How the heck did you find that lane and fast? Because your girl needed some help. I'm a big uh, believer in saying, I don't know. Like, can you teach me? The first company I did it with, with which was Ant Me, they raised $8 million in their Series A of investments. Shut the front door. The front door shut. <laughs> the front door shut. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, you know, they kept coming back to create content. And I was like, you know, I would love to work out an equity deal. I had no idea what an equity deal was at the time, but they were willing to do that with me. So let me ask you this, even though the landscape is a little bit different, um, what would you tell a young creator now? Have fun, you know, be yourself. And being yourself is hard within itself. You know, the easiest example I can give uh, for a creator is, I'm a very indecisive person. 
uh, have a hard time making decisions. So if I went into 7-Eleven and I go with a group of friends, I'm looking for snacks. I pick the snacks I have. They pick their snacks. And by the time we get in the car, I'm looking at their snacks like, damn, I should have got that, you know? So take the time to really think about what it is that you want. You know, take that time. And it's hard to take that time because there's a lot of distraction going on. I truly believe, like you said, in taking time also to, to learn about yourself. People love the imperfections, they love the evolution, and they want, they want to be a part of the journey. The next question that I had for you is one that's actually uh, quite important to me, and I hope it's okay if I ask it. What does it mean to you to be a black creator, creating trends, you're creating culture, but also not receiving the credit sometimes? TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you see how this is going. I think black people are like the creators of cool. In terms of not getting the recognition you deserve, I'm not doing it for that. The thing is, like, am I having fun? I'm doing what I love to do. Someone asked me, like, yo, are you, you know, like, what are your goals? And I'm just like, I'm doing it right now. That's so powerful because the reality is I'm creating the content that I would have made anyway. Would would I like for more credit to be given to to us, of course. Let me ask you this. When I started, I was scared to death of social media. So for those that are afraid to jump and start a company and, and start on this journey, is it as difficult as it seems? Um, and tell us also like assembling a team, cause you could see, I mean, you all can't see, but I can see. There's a whole bunch of people in here. Mm -hmm. There's no way I make this happen without them. Yeah. How did you do it? I learned every department. I know how to do everything. But as a producer, I also know, when I say I can do it all, it means I know the right people. You know, even though I can do the different things in the department, I always try to find the people that are the best in their position because that's how you're going to get a great product at the end of the day. Yo, you love doing that? Cool, come on. You love doing that? Cool, come on. And you build the Voltron, the team together to make the heat. But how did you even decide you woke up one day, I'm going to start a production company because I ain't got it. It just happens over time. Leaning into people's interest helped bring a team together. And I don't just have one team, I have multiple teams. How do you decide what deals to take and which ones are good? I think I look at the brand asks, what are, what are they looking for from me? Is my mom gonna see this and be proud of me? Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, my girlfriend, she's a she's a big stickler on those things as well. I have a good team around me that, that looks out for those interests as well. One of the things that a lot of people don't know about you, at least, from, from my understanding, um, and which is, again, why I started this this podcast, because people don't know this about me, is the investment world and going into equity. And we're actually invested in a company. Shout out to Moon and Ed. Shout out to Moon. Um, what made you decide, I'm going to become an investor? Because that's a, that's a big jump. Yeah, I, I loved Ed's approach. You know, uh, most brands, they come to me like, hey, we want to pay you to do this. Ed was like, hey, I want you to be part of this. I want to bring you on this journey with me to grow this company. And uh, that was really attractive to me. I was like, wow. And and just his salesmanship um, as a person that, that believes in a product that he built with his own hands. Yes. Um, I love that story. It's wild to me. So I was actually an accidental butt dial. That's how I met What Ed. is that? Yes. I, I don't know. What, I don't even know what you said. An accidental butt dial. An a, oh, accidental butt. Yeah. I thought it was some technical <laughs> term. I was like, wait, what is that? You're like, okay. run that back. <laughs> I, um, it was an accidental butt dial mm. by a mutual friend who tells me about the company. Um, and Moon is phenomenal. If you don't have one, highly recommend 10 out of 10. You need the lighting device. That was also one of my first experiences with going in as an investor. 
which I realized is also kind of addicting. So then I just kept adding more and more to my portfolio. What's next for you? Are you going to do more investments? What are you interested in? Um, movies, production, can we get some tea? Well, first of all, it's my brand, uh, Good News Apparel, made by creators for creators. We believe, you know, the stars aren't just in front of the camera, they're also behind. This is one of the shirts. This is the Daydreamer shirt right hey, here. Hey, let's get it. That's you know? fire. And uh, Cam, it's a camera head character, um, and he stands for Create, Achieve, Manifest. So this isn't just for filmmakers, it's for makeup artists, sound engineers, uh, everyone that's behind the scenes that's creating things, because really the creators to make all this stuff look dope are the are the real movies and shakers. Yes, you just see are. the people in front of the camera. We have a pop-up this weekend, hey. first pop-up. How about your podcast? So I'm on a show right now called Just For Kicks. It's myself, Don Benjamin, Jody Torres, and Young Wayne, and DJ Who Kid. We're in the pilot season, shooting eight episodes. So I'm excited for that. Oh my gosh, Wes, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on the internet at <laughs> Wes Good. <laughs> it's everywhere, all the platforms. I was able to secure the name. There's one guy that held it up on Facebook, but I paid for it. Yo, okay, if you learn anything, make sure you own the rights to your name. Yeah. Well, that was expensive, I bet. Not really. You know, okay. he, worked a, he worked a small deal out for a good 300 bucks. Oh, you did great. Yeah, I it did cost it me early. a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, maybe I'm making the mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Wes, thank you so much for Thanks coming for on. Y'all, we have to recap. There are two things that Wes said that are absolutely profound to me. The first is before he could learn 24 frames, he had to learn one. And second, there's a difference between being an influencer and being influential. Find the place that you want to be. Who do you want to be? What kind of impact do you want to make? If you just want to make content, do that. There's nothing wrong with it. No judgment zone here. However, if you want to be influential, you want to make the money, you have to know what your purpose is. Know your why and know where you're going with it.